Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is the podcast where you and I explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. In this podcast, I'm looking forward to interviewing Zanele and Jaffa, the unlearning lady, about the concept of modern tribalism and how it can help or hinder us in our quest to win at work and life. Zanele is known as the unlearning lady and she's an international transitions facilitator and future of work speaker. She helps companies navigate organizational changes and step confidently into the new world of work. She's also the host of the highly rated entrepreneur focused podcast, Future Fit Fridays, hosting conversations with global experts on the future of work. In 2019, Zanele won the Professional Speakers Association of Southern Africa Speaker Factor Competition, and I was there. <laughs> and in 2020, she served as the youngest EXCO member on the Professional Speakers Association of Southern Africa, and I was there too. So we've traveled a journey together and we really enjoy each other's company, and I'm just loving watching Zanele's trajectory and how she contributes to the world. In addition, she contributes to Forbes and the Thought Leader section of the Mail and Guardian and was voted 45th on Advanced Media's list of top 100 most influential young South Africans in 2019. Zanele, it's wonderful to have you join us on the Win at Work and Life podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. It's such a pleasure to be speaking to you. Thank you. And Zanele, with Heritage Day that comes around every single year, I just thought maybe this year we'd do something a little different and chat to you about modern tribalism, because you've got a very interesting take on what it's all about. What do you mean? Is it about ethnicity, religion and race, which is kind of the normal stuff? Or is it something slightly different? That is such a good question, Nikki. And really it is that, that uh, perception around the regulars of the culture, um, the race, um, the association when it comes to religion. And that's the regular thoughts that we have or boxes that we have when we think about tribalism. But like you said, the modern spin on it is really the idea that I'm holding around this idea of tribalism. Now, you might know the Egyptian proverb that says, each and every human being is rich in excuses to protect their prejudices, their instincts, and their opinions. And I think that this is exactly what modern tribalism is all about. It's all about you and I arranging ourselves in all of our different groups. Some of them we think are super cool and some maybe not. Um, some we've chosen um, intentionally and some not so much. But how we are arranged in these different groups can, like you said very earlier on, can either sort of enrich how we come across, how we contribute to our societies, but it can also hinder us. And tribalism just in its definition is just the arranging of ourselves into these different groups or into these tribes where there is a shared sort of consensus, there's a shared characteristic or trait. But modern tribalism then to sort of end off in answering the question is now going outside of those parameters, outside of the religious, cultural parameters and just associating with people that are very much similar to you in one way or another. So I'm thinking in my head of a Venn diagram, <laughs> going back to maths, and those intersecting circles. 
are you talking about those intersections? And those are intersections where we align with other people, where we dovetail with other people. And those intersections start forming the picture of ourselves, our values, um, what's important to us. Uh, is, that, is that where you're going with this um, angle? Absolutely. That's, that's precisely correct, Nikki. If you think, can think about it as in someone walks into a room and who they choose to sit next to and who they don't choose to sit next to is all based on, like you said, those overlaps in the Venn diagram. Maybe let's say, for instance, I find, oh my goodness, there's a lady with shorter hair and hair that doesn't necessarily run down her back. And that's quite similar to me. Maybe we'll have something to talk about. And I choose to sit next to her. or I choose to sit next to someone who somehow maybe does a similar work to what I do. It is just that commonality, like, like you said, that overlap in the Venn diagram. Mm. I think we love to have that sense of belonging and togetherness. And when we find that point of commonality, it's like, oh, you know, we get comfortable. There's that, um, it's a point of entry, it's a point of connection, and we're on the same page, you know, and we can sort of share a common experience or something. So um, that's all well and good because it makes us feel comfortable, keeps us in a comfort zone makes us feel that sense of belonging and being part of a group. But can that also be a disservice to us? It very much can. So you're quite right. Um, our survival instincts and who we are and belonging is very much a big part of being in these, in these beautiful tribes that serve us at one point, but do do us a disservice in another point. So when we are a part of something, it helps us to feel like we are supported like we, we will grow, we will thrive because we're a part of a bigger whole outside of ourselves. And so then because of this lovely association and what it gives to us as human beings, when we disassociate or when we're not a part or we're rejected, research actually shows that when we're rejected, that pain of rejection is equivalent to a physiological pain. So something like being punched or being kicked, which I think is actually so indicative of just how much we value our tribes. Now, going back to how much they can hinder us, they really, really can. Because what we tend to do, Nikki, is when we've sort of associated so deeply with these tribes and what they mean to us and how we're so deeply a part of them, we can then end up isolating or extending certain prejudices to people who fall outside of those groups. And that's when this, the trouble sort of starts to come. And that's the, the derogatory part of tribalism. It's that uh, discrimination or looking at the other as someone who doesn't necessarily belong or as someone who deserves treatment that is unequal or, or different from what you deserve. So there's a judgment that creeps in that if you're not like me and you don't share the same experiences, you must be so different that I can't relate to you, that you can't be part of my life. So it's a form of rejection that people feel yeah, and it's so interesting I mean I think people you you and I have often spoken about introvert extrovert I mean we spend our lives on the stage but we get, get our energy from being alone so we we know that we have to get a bit of this and a bit of that and I know for a fact that I will consciously choose to go to events where I know nobody and while it's lovely to go to events where I know people, 
the unintended consequences are never quite as great as when I put myself in an environment where I know nobody. And I love stepping into that place of not knowing because it's a complete adventure. And you can drop all the filters that you normally see the world through or view the world through or the filters that you're expected to live up to by your tribe who know mm -hmm. you so well they have this expectation that you'll always show up this way behave like so hold these opinions and when we actually step outside of those traditional groups and put ourselves in places where those expectations of ourselves and of others fall away there's the potential for reinvention that is not normally there. Does that form part of the, the rationale behind um, disrupting ourselves on purpose and finding new tribes? It, it really does, it really does, Nikki, because we end up getting stuck in these eco chambers. Think about some of the Facebook groups we're a part of and the Facebook communities that we hold so dear to ourselves that literally regurgitate the opinions and the, and the, the perceptions that we already hold. Echo, echo, so, echo, you must be right. You must exactly. be right because it's more of the same of what you've been saying or what you've been feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you think about it as the cycle, what I give out is what I keep getting back in. And because it's what I keep getting back in, it's what I keep giving back out. And you're stuck in this constant loop. And this is the interesting thing about us as human beings. There's research at Stanford University around this that we think between 50 to 60,000 thoughts, but 90% of them are repetitive. And we think we're bringing a fresh version of ourselves into every situation, but actually what we do, we're doing is we're bringing the exact same version of ourselves that we brought to a situation that was similar. So because the brain is this pattern matching organ, it literally says, oh, you were in a similar situation yesterday. How do I sort of bring something or your reaction from yesterday and, and overlap it into what you're figuring out or what you're facing today? So that's what ends up happening to most of us when you think about this particular thing. And so that's why I really liked what you said about putting yourselves in situations, putting ourselves in situations where we are self-disrupted. And by self-disrupted, it means it needs to be something that we initiate. We cannot expect our environments to be the ones to stimulate some kind of change from us because it does need to come in, especially if it's going to last, right? It needs to be you and I that stimulate that change and get it to start. So I'm a big advocate for doing things like switching your room around, finding opportunities to switch up your network have a look at your network. And I often challenge people to do this. Have a look at the people that are in your LinkedIn network or Facebook or, or whatever it is, people that you consistently email on your database and look at some of the trends that are there. Because what you find a lot of the time is a lot of them will fit into one particular bracket. Sometimes that's intentional, sometimes that, that is not. But find ways to find people that are not uh, a part of that particular avatar, if we can call it that, and see how those people can stimulate you differently. I'm quite proud of you, Nikki, that you would go out there, put yourself out there like that. I've always done that um, because I know and understand the power of reinvention and that we can get so stuck in a rut and that echo chamber that you were talking about. And there's no growth when you feel comfortable. You have to deliberately and intentionally disrupt yourself and create discomfort in your world in order to agitate your brain to learn differently, open up to different things. Um, 
discomfort is actually quite, can become quite poisonous in a way and destructive because nothing changes. And right now we're living through massive change uh, in the world. Well, when I say massive change, I mean, I believe that we, we're always in a process of evolving and becoming, and actually we go through more change than we think as human beings. What's different at the moment through this global pandemic is that everybody is feeling uncomfortable and disrupted. And that is not common when everybody is going through something at the same time. And so I think that um, this is an opportunity for everybody to question their tribes and question what is normal for them and to prod themselves a little into taking a step outside of their circle of comfort um, and, and to unlearn tribalism. Now you're the unlearning lady. So you were talking about, um, you know, taking opportunities to change a room around or, or visit with different groups. And I was talking about going to conferences and seminars with different groups, et cetera. What else can we do to unlearn destructive tribalism? That's a very good question, Nikki. So I love the practicality of things and, and giving some really great tips that people can go away with and start to actually execute from day one. The one thing I do want to say, though, that I think liberates a lot of us, because often when we think about unlearning, Nikki, and I get this response from a lot of people, we often think, oh, my goodness, I need to unlearn this habit. It's going to be so hard. I've been doing this thing for so long. But often what I will say is rather take the, the approach of what am I learning? What do I want to work towards? And like you said so beautifully, what am I becoming? What do I want to become? What am I moving towards? And what that does is it really shifts the conversation to what am I building? What am I working on? Rather than what am I trying to detangle or to rewire? Because when we get fixated on that, then we find that all of our attention, all of our focus, all of our energy goes towards trying to break something up. When fortunately for us, the way that learning as a process works in the brain is through that unlearning and relearning process. And those neural pathways that no longer get used, they eventually prune because others have become a default. So that's the first thing. Focus on what you want to learn, what you want to unlearn, um, what you want to relearn rather. And so in your instance, it would be, okay, so maybe for example, I have a look at my diary and this is always a really great place to start. Have a look at your diary. Who are you spending time with? Who are you speaking to on a daily basis? Um, is it the same type of individual? Are you spending a lot of the time with uh, someone like a PA or people that are advising you? And have a look at those people. What categories do they fall under? What information are they able to share with you? And often I will say, once you've had a look at this, ask yourself, which categories are missing from my network? Which people am I not speaking to? Which industries am I not tapping into? I find a lot of the time we like to even if we do expand, we might expand just to people in our industry. So that uh, to use myself as an example, maybe all of my confidants are all speakers and all facilitators, but it's really important to expand outside of that as well, because I mean, cross-functional collaboration and cross-industry collaboration is one of the most exciting things that the pandemic has given organizations and us as individual professionals and entrepreneurs. So that's the first thing. Uh, have a look at your network, see how you can diversify it, see what's missing and see what there's almost this abundance of. And then the second thing that I will say that's quite important is honoring. And when I say honoring, I, I use this word with such reverence because I, I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful term. 
find ways that you can honor the tribes that you've become a part of and that you are a part of and also how they serve you. Because I think when we, when we reprimand ourselves according to what tribes we've chosen to be a part of, then that can be very self-destructive. So honor the tribes you're a part of. How do they benefit you? How do they give you that sense of belonging and how do they help you to grow? And then secondly, honor the other person, honor other tribes that exist and how they serve other people as well, because that's the only reason why we're a part of them. And then the last one is educate, educate, educate. Find ways that you can learn. And I think taking this perspective of learning is really the best way to unlearn, going back to that first point that I gave. When you put yourself in a position where you can be self-disrupted and you can almost be introduced to evidence that contradicts or helps you to recalibrate what you already believe about the world, about others around you. So find ways to learn uh, what other tribes are out there. You know, if, if I'm part of the, let's say, for example, I'm a surgeon and this is the part of the tribe that I'm a part of. These are the people I spend my time with. How can I learn a little bit more about other people? What is it that makes them tick? What does it mean to be a part? And I'm going to use myself as an example, as someone who falls under um, the Zulu tribe or Issa Zulu tribe. I would ask myself, oh my goodness, what is it like to be maybe someone of the Kosa tribe or someone who's Afrikaans or someone who speaks a different language? What are some of the things that make those people tick? Then I'm in a position of openness and I'm not consistently giving this resistance that's based off of a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding based on mm. what those people are, are involved in. Mm. I really love this conversation and... Um... The fact that it just sheds a, a completely new light, um, you know, on who we are really at the end of the day, because it's giving us the opportunity to grow beyond the stereotypes that we've lived with forever that perhaps have defined us. We, we really do. And I think that that's the beautiful thing is that we can. Oftentimes we start off in this way and we associate those things with us. And we say, that's, no, that's just me. That's how I am. And like, I mean, you and I have had the introvert, extrovert conversation. Often when I speak about introversy, I'll say, I'm an introvert. But now I'm teaching myself to say, I can be introverted or I do have introverted traits or I can be a little bit introverted. Rather than to associate something I learned or something that I associated with myself, with my entire identity and almost wearing it. I like to say it's wearing it like a cloak and saying, I am introverted. And, and rather just saying that's a trait of mine or that's a characteristic that shows up when I'm in certain situations. So that's just my view around it. Mm. You raise an important point about the fact that we need to hold these associations, labels and tribes slightly lightly and loosely and flexibly so that they don't become our identity as such, so that they don't usurp us. Because sometimes when we hold so tightly to ideals and tribes and whatever, they become us. And we have to be careful of those associations too, because when we are so closely aligned to something, uh, we could inadvertently be seen to be that and not ourselves. So I'm getting from this conversation that there is that flexibility and that dy the dynamic needs to remain at play, especially in a very disruptive world where things are changing so much. And you've used the phrase quite often in our conversation about, does this group serve you? 
how do you serve that group, um, this tribe? How does it serve you? And that is that self-reflective dynamic that we really need to adopt in terms of leadership and self-leadership of stepping back and saying, okay, so it looks like I'm quite tightly aligned here or I'm attracting a lot of these people, which could be a great thing. It could be a bad thing, but you won't know unless you take the step back and get perspective and ask yourself a few questions. Do I want to be aligned with them? How does that serve me? And if it's a big tick, yes, 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 we'll keep going. But it's having that presence of mind and open-mindedness to perhaps entertain other thoughts and ideas as well. Yes, and just to add one tiny thing to what you were saying, Nikki, holding on loosely, what that does, and, and, and I like how you so beautifully said it, it's not to say it's, it's not a part of your identity, but it's saying hold that, that association with, with awareness, with consciousness, so that it allows you the liberty to be something else tomorrow if you choose to do so. And I think that that's what our society, one of the biggest things our society is unlearning at this stage is to give people the opportunity to choose differently tomorrow, but then also give yourself that opportunity. Because when you hold so closely, like you said, Nikki, then you feel obliged tomorrow to be something that you were yesterday. And in this fast moving world, nobody should ever expect that from you because you have an opportunity to choose differently. If you're influenced differently and you feel differently and you've, you know, you've been exposed to contrary evidence, by all means, my belief is that you should give yourself the opportunity to choose differently. And the more closely you align with your tribe and almost wear it like a cloak, to use that term, the less you will have that liberty to choose something different or ex to express yourself differently and unlearn who you feel you no longer want to be. Mm. Mm. What a beautiful conversation. What has struck me as, uh, as we draw to a close is that we need to be more deliberate and intentional about broadening our perspective as well as our connections because how we see ourselves and the tribes we're connected to determine so much about how we present ourselves and show up in the world and that we need to be more curious and less defensive around these things. And as we've been saying, we do actually have the power to choose. So we need to hold these choices a little more lightly. So Nele, before we close off, do you have any closing comments and how can our listeners get hold of you? Thank you so much, Nikki. So the closing comment that I would have is give yourself an opportunity to do this one step at a time. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. So give yourself a little target, even if it's connecting with one person outside of your network every week, um, that already builds the momentum towards the change that you desire. So pace yourself, be patient with yourself and apply a little bit of compassion as well. And people can get a hold of me via my website, zanelinjapa.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm also quite active on LinkedIn as well. Um, and not so much on Facebook, but I am present there as well. I look forward to connecting with people. Thank you, Zanele. You really have helped us to push our envelope a little bit today in this conversation. To our listeners, please send through your comments, questions, and topic suggestions to info at nikkibush.com. You're invited to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too. <laughs>